2950, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Reed Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and my co-host, chiller than a cold winter's breeze on Microtech, Chekhov is here. Say hello. Hello, hello everyone. <laughs> We've got a great show for you tonight, so get over the lengthy Imperator election cycle, pour a glass of Radagast, and let's start the show. Uh, tonight we have a special guest. He's our chief defense, chief of defense for Reed organization. Uh, he's fluent in three different dialects of Turkey, and a crash test pilot extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, the Nubkins. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you. So, um, Nubkins, for the non-Reed listening population, which I'm told is more than half now. Um, tell everyone more about yourself and what your favorite thing to do in the verses. Uh, I'm just a casual gamer. I have been gaming since I was, oh, I don't know, probably eight years old. Started with the NES and was mostly a console gamer until I was, uh, probably about 12. And one of my buddies had a computer in his family and his parents were, PC gamers, and that's how I got into PC gaming. Kind of made the transition and been doing that thing, I'd say, casually ever since. Uh, obviously, life catches up with you as you become an adult and you have more responsibilities. But uh, that's a nice thing about Star Citizen is I've always enjoyed games like this. I played a lot of X-Wing and TIE Fighter back in the day and some Privateer, and this kind of fell into my lap and in the state that it's in, it's nice because you can devote as much or as little time to it as you kind of feel comfortable and you don't really seem to, to miss out on a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, I do get an in-game FOMO sometimes, but um, you know, you're not, you're not going to miss on anything huge yet. Yeah. Um, the, the pace awesome. of change is rather slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially lately. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know if anyone's been up to anything in the verse, but, uh, you know, Nubkins, check off. What have you been up to in the verse this week? Uh, this past week? Uh, yeah. I haven't had too much time. Uh, I've been pursuing some post-secondary studies lately, and uh, that's been taking up most of my free time. Um, when I have managed to get on, I've been uh, – just tinkering around, doing some uh, NPC bounty missions, making sure my combat skills are still up to snuff for uh, when we do do any org events. And, uh, and you said do-do. <laughs> so whenever we have uh, org events, security is always uh, you know, a concern. There's some griefers out there, and sometimes you uh, might get some NPC action, but uh, generally the NPC AI isn't the most adept at causing much mayhem. So I, I, try either, and, I find it's either super adept or not adept at all. <laughs> yeah. Like either they're one-shotting you. <laughs> depends. If you can close the, the gap right now, missiles aren't really too much of a concern because I think you have to be within two clicks. So I just get in close and hope I can uh, take the punishment. Oh, that's great. Um, so, yeah, what about you, Chip? Well, Scouting yeah. for uh, some locations. Oh, great. Yeah, I actually uh, took somebody's advice and uh, switched all my uh, uh, weapons to fixed. 
uh, on my Avengers, so I've been suffering the whole week. Uh, I mean, it's nice when I'm once in a while hit something, but usually I'm just trying to aim and, uh, you know, so I don't know. I think, uh, you know, just a word for the novice, you know, sort of uh, uh, for if you're really not great at uh, maneuvering, flying your ship, I would stay away from fixed weapons. I think it's all about <laughs> being able to really maneuver and, and get it. But once you do connect, it's very gratifying, you know, especially mm. with those uh, sucker punches on the wings and the a big size five fixed weapon on the nose. Yeah, I totally understand. Um, I am not a fixed weapon kind of guy. I like my combat assist i like my you know um whatever else the it's called uh, you know auto gimbals or whatever um i myself have only been playing a little bit um and i think a lot of that's just because we're sort of in a lull um and the lull i think is a little bit exacerbated by the fact that 311 wasn't really earth shattering um but beyond the fact that it was a bit buggy um, but I did check out a little bit and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but I checked out the PTU, um, for 311.1 for a little bit. Um, so that's pretty much what I did, uh, last week. But I only did it like once oh, nice. and then I, then I've been sort of wrapped up in other things. Um, yeah, so we have a few interesting bits of, uh, news, um, in this past week, as I already mentioned, uh, 311.1 PTU uh, went live last week, um, and it looks like the live release of that is going to be imminent. Uh, I have to say, from at least my experience, uh, it's been pretty reliable. It felt pretty smooth. It felt like you know things were running quite well. I didn't get to play the most recent patch which was last night and was all like backend stuff. Um, so I, you know, I don't know how good it's gotten or if it's like a hot mess right now, but it seems like we're going to be going live anytime soon. And I also think you'll probably start to see content creators get stream sniped with shots of the MSR pretty soon. That's just my guess. Um, has anyone else tried the PTU yet? Um, no, just staying in PU. Yeah. yeah, this is the first round of uh, PTU that I haven't actually taken part in. I mean, there's really not much in there besides testing the um, IAE location, and the location is pretty barren. It's just like the the lobby area. The Evocati have gotten to test the wider, you know, expo hall. Um, but, you know, I get it. It, it's fine. We'll we'll be at the IAE soon enough, which will bring tons of people. Um, Just over a week, right? Yeah, it's the twentieth, so a week and a half um, tomorrow. Uh, so we we got treated to another good episode of Inside Star Citizen this past week. So far, the quarter's been quite good for content. Um, we got uh, a look at what they're calling the Interaction Zoo which is their testing environment for a variety of interactions. Uh, I think the idea there is that they want anything that seems like it should be interactable to 
to be interactable and as well react as you would expect. So a couple examples that they showed was like, if you shoot lights, the lights will go out, but then you could also replace the light if you have a spare bulb or whatever the case may be. Uh, they also played around with sort of different ways that you can interact with door locks. Um, and then we were also treated with another sprint report. So we got to see the iridescent paint being tested on the Talon. We got to look at an early prototype of radar and scanning changes that essentially show um, how we're going to be able to filter our scanning. It was more back-end stuff, but it showed sort of what that'll kind of be like. Uh, one of the examples they showed was a cross-section scan. Um, and so the cross-section would pick up a ship if you could see it in plain sight. But if you couldn't see it, if it was blocked by an asteroid, you wouldn't be able to scan it, which really excites me. That's going to make it really interesting. And uh, we've got to look at refinery decks from the outside, finally. So they're pretty huge um, and looked kind of interesting. You could tell they were refinery decks just based on the visual look and feel. Um, and last but not least, uh, homesteads. Once again, we got a look at that. Uh, this time, 3D renderings in engine. They were basic um, and early stage, but obviously, when you see things like that, it really gets the imagination running. Um, anyone check out some of that content? Nubkins, did you get a chance to see anything, whether it was with the actual episode or Nubifier? Yeah, it was the Nubifier that I had time to to see. Um, basically, I think it's nice that they're kind of delving into different aspects of the game that they hadn't really mentioned too much about until just recently, like the homestead things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you had mentioned here, the destructible lights and uh, things that you can interact with in the verse, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like Definitely. that wasn't it was, it was cool. So. What about you, Chekhov? Uh, yeah, I, I caught up with all the the episodes that I did catch up to last week, but yeah, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, uh, iridescent paint that blew my mind. I mean, that was really something. You know, I, I think yeah. that just takes everything to a whole different level. Uh, yeah. You know, as far as like immersion. Uh, Star Citizen Live was a for a change. I usually can't really sit through it, but I have to say, I listened to, to the whole hour. That was a good yeah. one. Uh, yeah, it definitely was. was. Um, you know, for me, I think the Inside Star Citizen piece that excited me the most. Well, I'm, obviously, there's a couple things, and and because it was particularly good, obviously, that changes a lot of you know that there's a lot of things to sort of talk about. But what I really liked uh, a couple things. Um, one, they showed an example of sort of how eventually door panels can be permission-oriented. So you don't necessarily have to make them proximity. They could require access or a code or um, even just a button, button press uh, versus just automatically opening. So I thought that was cool. Um, I also really liked the way that they showed the the different ways that someone might actually use – like. Granted, it seemed like their examples were more nefarious. You know, if there was power out on a ship, which I can't imagine why, if you maybe if you attacked a ship, um, how you would get doors open, whether it's trying to restore power to the doors, cutting the locks. And then they showed this little tool that sort of pried open the doors. Um, so obviously that always gets sort of the creative juices flowing in terms of ga- gameplay potential. 
Um, and then Chekhov, as you mentioned, we had a great start to this in live as well. This this week was with the vehicle experience team. Um, and they talked about some of the current projects that they're working on, which include docking, updates to the MFDs, uh, countermeasure updates, missile operator mode. They also talked about how they're starting to, to um, work on capacitor gameplay, um, as well as, um, you know, mentioning that they've been tweaking missiles um, and how capacitors are going to help restore some of the fun with dogfighting. You know, so for those who don't know, capacitors are related to what causes things to overheat. And so you're only going to have limited capacitors on your ship. Your shields might start to cause your weapon system to, uh, or your shields might cause the capacitors to overheat, in which case they're taxing the whole system and you might find a glitch with your weapons because of it. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I know that's a way that they're going to be balancing ships. Um, they did touch on the fact that they know ramps aren't perfect right now, especially since they're lifting our ships. They're just trying, you know, it's not on their priority list, um, but they'll be looking for a fix at some point. Um, the, the most exciting thing that I thought was uh, they talked about bringing the landing radar back. So those of us from 2.5 or 2.6, I can't remember when, they had a landing radar in the radar globe. You can see where you were oriented compared to the landing pad. Um, and they said that they'll likely think about bringing that back after they move radar into build or not radar, um, the, um, yeah, the radar globe back into building blocks. Um they talked about adding scroll wheel speed adjustments for land vehicles, but it's not a priority right now. And they did call out that distortion weapons are overpowered. Wow, uh, anything awkward. stand out to you, uh, Nubkins, from that? Um, Whether I talked about it or I didn't? I think you touched on pretty much everything. I'm really excited to see how they start fleshing out the ship systems with capacitors yeah. and also... Uh, Previously, they had mentioned the uh, power grids. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, because so we played on last game. week's episode, you know? Yeah. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What's got yeah. you excited? You know, it's funny. Well, you know, nothing gets me real excited, but I was kind I mean, of... beyond <laughs> audio. <laughs> I was kind of an, uh, really uh, kind of... it was What I found interesting was the... Um, uh, you know, I always talk about how cool the joysticks are when you're flying it, and they were talking about, you know, uh, when are they going to incorporate the wheel for, for the speed control? Well, you know, the joysticks are even more fun in the ground vehicle because mm -hmm. my all my controls are in the joystick, and that's really, you feel like you're in the moon buggy. So uh, that, uh, you know, one thing that I kind of, you know, dawned on me, it, you know, that's a really, really cool immersive play, even not, not only in flight, but also on the ground when using two joysticks. Uh, they also talk, to, talk about uh, possibly incorporating some sort of a vehicle flip switch or maybe uh, an attachment to the multi-tool of, uh, uh, you know, something to help you flip when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're upside down in your vehicle. So... Uh, that, that that was interesting too. Yeah. And yeah. The oh, overall... and they also, yeah. Go ahead. Around that checkoff, they also mentioned, you know, hey, or we'll just make it so they don't flip as easily. <laughs> oh yeah. Because they do uh, flip kind of flip kind of easily right now. That's true. 
what else were you saying, Chekhov? Sorry. Uh, no, the just the the overall what what I found really cool is that they actually to hear that the ships, the overall ship physics are far from being done, and the you know and and the kind of detail and the kind of uh, uh, work that goes into balancing ships, weapons, engines, and really. Uh, making sure that these, you know, ships are destined for what they're designed for, and so we, we haven't even. Uh, doesn't sound like we even uh, tipped the uh, the the edge of the iceberg. Well, I, I said it wrong. Tip of the iceberg, the right? Tip, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, we we're not even there yet. Like, you know, what what is really Gladius designed for, and what is you know Carrick ultimately how it's all going to get balanced out at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of great things to come. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, obviously the challenge is always, you know, one of the great examples, I think, I think it was, um, it was Salty Mike who said, uh, you, you go back to what they showed on ISC with the homesteads. And he said, people, as much as we love seeing this, you have to recognize this is nowhere near launching. You know, and he's absolutely right in setting people's expectations because we've seen it, what, three or four times now referenced? And that makes you start to think that there's progress. And there is. But, you know, it's far from complete. And even then, it's like, you know, at, at least from a player-owned perspective, we're not seeing homesteads for a while because it requires iCache server meshing and global persistence. That being said, what we might start to see is them be able to populate NPC villages, um, because you know that's that's different. By the way, um, you have a friendly coming up, Nubkins, because I am actually at the exact same place that you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're about to witness a combat landing. Oh yeah, Nubkins is it's our tissue from my. <laughs> Intro to him. He is our combat landing expert. And currently, I have uh, the remnants of a buccaneer inside of the Cutlass Red. Oh no! It's, yeah, the cockpit is up near the bridge section, and one of the wings is jammed in the rear cargo area, which is giving me grief trying to get the Gray Cat Rock in here. It would have been really nice if you took the small pad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to land a Carrick. <laughs> um, I'm taking off right now. Uh, it's all right. I just landed somewhere else. Um, ooh. There we go. Sorry, the momentum of the landing shot the back of my ship up. Yeah, but, uh, you know, still, it should be interesting, and I think we'll probably see them show up in the verse before, before then. Um, you know, just with NPC towns and villages, maybe it'll include more content. Um, this week on ISC, they're going to be showing off refining. That's how they described it. So I'm assuming it's the gameplay mechanic around refining or the refining terminal or whatever it's going to be and weapon zeroing. And then Star Citizen Live, we're going to get a live um, game dev with the props team. So the game devs are the ones where they actually build something, but it's not necessarily in-game, although they did say recently that they end up being in-game um, at some point a lot of times. This week they didn't say um, 
what they're going to be making, although they hinted that Pico will be a part of it because it seems like they're putting Pico in everything lately. So we'll see what that is. Maybe it's some sort of item that's going to be shown off at IAE or something like a like an IAE edition of Pico. Um, we were also treated to last week uh, both the PU and Squadron 42 monthly reports. Um, I don't want to highlight all the things about the reports, but you know, a couple things that I noticed that I thought were really exciting were um, they showed off a nice picture of the rear of the Hercules Starlifter, um, which looks like it's coming along quite nicely. And definitely you can see the, the, the design language between that and the, the Star Runner. So I'm excited to see both of them in game. They also showed off this really cool looking industrial armor set that has a modular backpack system. Um, it looked like it was a gray cat uh, armor set. And certainly it looks like something that we'll probably see a bunch of our mining crew be wearing in the game. And last but not least, the thing that I thought was the most exciting, because little geeky things excite me, um, is under the vehicle featured section, they talked about how um, work is being done in terms of adding a ship's name and serial numbers to the side of the hull, uh, which is really exciting to me. So hopefully that means, you know, people will be calling you up based on your ship being like, you know, Firefly, Enterprise, whatever, whatever you call your ship, instead of something like, you know, way too geeky, pull over, you know, hopefully that'll be the big change. Um, and we're also treated to the Squadron 42 report. I'm going to be honest, I tend to get bored by that report because it tends to be so high level. You know, it'll be like the... The ship features team completed a critical feature for a ship that'll play a part in the game. Uh, so I tend to sort of mentally check out and never retain anything from that. But I will say they did show a clip of a Vanduul kind of running and attacking a Marine, which was just cool. Um, did either of you get a chance to look at those? Um, no. Likewise with the uh, Squadron 42. I yeah. tend to like browse over it quickly, but... I'm figuring that's so far off as well. I tend not to pay too much attention to it because we can't directly interact with it at the moment. Whereas yeah. Star Citizen here, the PU, we're able to to kind of test things and see how things are progressing. So I, I put more interest currently in that. Same here. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Chekhov? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I kind of that is so far from my attention. Yeah. Um. So I mean. I have to say we're a week and a half away, 10 days from now uh, is the start of the IAE 2050. And, you know, I'm pretty excited. I always get excited. Um, I'm really excited that it's going to be at Microtech this year. It looks really cool based on what I've seen so far. But, you know, what are your expectations for the event this year? Nubkins, what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping to see? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh <clears throat> the new ships that are launching mm -hmm. um there's supposed to be that uh the nomad i believe is what it is mm -hmm. uh, my consolidated outlands yeah and that's supposed to be on the cheaper end like a starter or just slightly above starter end of the spectrum um, mm -hmm. again it's all rumors on what the price is and and what the function is but we've been led to believe that it's going to be tied into refining somehow 
Uh, excited to see that. Apparently, it's supposed to be straight to flyable, but like all things, I take everything with a grain of salt mm-hmm. when it comes to SC leaks. And uh, as well, the uh, the uh, RSI, I guess it used to be called the Odin, but now they're calling it the, what is it, the Perseus? Yeah. So I believe that's probably just going to be a concept sale again. They usually like to hit us with a big concept sale around this time in that ballpark five to $800 range. So see what that thing yeah. looks like. I don't anticipate I'll be see. picking it up. <laughs> you don't anticipate you think... you'll be picking it up? Mm-hmm. No, I have enough large ships and combat ships. I'm trying to stay away from getting too Rodney many ships that require a Yeah. The Nomad might be perfect for you. No, I've been vowing not to pick anything up. Um, What what about you, Chekhov, in terms Um, of what are you excited for? What are you looking forward to? I'd like to test out some heavy fighters, you know, just to um, really, really have my eye on. Really need to get one, you know. I want to kind of improve my gameplay around that. Sure. I mean... That it's great to try and improve your gameplay around any um, yeah. area because it's, you know, especially as we're gearing up for being attacked more, um, you know, having experience in any type of fighter or scenario could be good because you never know who, you know, gets booted out of the game and needs you to take over for their ship or whatever the case may be. That's right. I think it's also good to remind yourselves that right now we have to deal with pretty low-level skilled NPC griefing, but there's also the player griefing. But later on when things actually develop, um, the player base is only supposed to make up, what, 10% of the the people in the verse, so to speak? So there's going to be Vanduul we have to worry about from a security point of view. I believe that's going to be a really big one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, who knows what will happen, especially once they introduce Pyro. And, and, you know, I I can say this till I'm blue in the face, but I think they're going to make Pyro really valuable to go to. But, Mm -hmm. you know, with that will be the risk versus reward of you're very likely to be harmed while at Pyro because I'm sure there will be no rules. That's why we'll bring Chekhov there with his uh, heavy fighter skills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm excited for, believe it or not, you know, we got a teaser last week for, um, you know, Whitley's guide. So we got more uh, Jack's wit, um, Jack's uh, McCleary to look forward to. Um, I, I like that guy. He's funny. I yeah. Like how do that. It should be really fun. Um, and, you know, just looking at the new location, uh, I, you know, I think the no band will be straight to flyable too. I, I agree with you. Um, or at least like flyable in 3.12, you know, like that maybe not immediately, but pretty close. Um, who knows if it's going to be a refining ship though? I don't know. I mean, yeah. And here, here's the other thing: if it is a refining ship, they don't really have the gameplay aside from what they're speaking about getting for the station side refineries going. So, is it going to be one of those ships that just kind of, not to say useless, but the the future is what is going to be held in for that ship, right? Just like the, the Herald. I think in this case, if they're going to introduce it, 
I think it might have at least some sort of rudimentary refinery gameplay. That's just my guess. If they're going to enter, if it is a refinery ship, you know, some of the other things they posited is what if it's like a little mobile um, sales ship or something mm. like that? You know, you're like a, a mini merchantman kind of thing. Yeah. Who knows? But I guess we'll see soon enough because, you know, it's right around the corner. By next week, we'll be like, can you imagine it's this week? And we'll be trying to organize org org tours of the event, too, I'm sure. Um, yeah, the convention center is going to open next week or earlier than that? Uh, next Friday, so the 20th. And it will be going on till December 2nd. That also means we'll be treated to at the end of the the end of the event. We'll actually get to see what the new skins look like for the best in show. Oh, um, yes. I'm also guessing we'll probably get our helmets um, in game close to that point too. They made it seem like there was something coming up related to that, so we'll see. Um, awesome, yeah, I'm excited. So. It'll be exciting to sort of talk about it after the fact, but although we'll be in the middle of it, I guess, um, for a couple of weeks. So speaking now, of the best in show skins, uh, mm-hmm. could you re- refresh my memory on uh, which ships those were? It was what, the Carrick? Um, it was the Carrick, the Cutlass, the... Um, was it the Valkyrie? The Valkyrie and the uh, Hurricane. Oh, okay. The Hurricane made it. Wait, not the hurricane. The wait, which one's the hurricane? The hurricane is the uh, fighter with the large turret. Oh, not the hurricane. Um, your favorite torpedo ship. Oh, the freelancer miss. No, eclipse. Single seater. Yes, the eclipse. Thank you. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's the eclipse. So the eclipse. The Valkyrie, the Cuddy Black. So the Cuddy Black's the only one that's got it in it twice. And the Carrick. So pretty exciting stuff. Nice. Are you uh, planning on picking up a skin for your Carrick? Oh, we, if you own it, you get it. Oh. Oh, nice. Yeah. But that also means they'll, they'll sell an exclusive version of that ship for the IAE also. Um, so that brings us to... One of our favorite segments. Do you know what it is, Chekhov? Of course. It's always about the science. It is. It's time for science. For those who don't listen for some reason because you're crazy, for science is our section about what we did in the past week to test out something specific in the game. Um, now, prior to us recording, unfortunately, Chekhov and I have been a little bit of uh, a couple of slouches when it comes to testing for science. But I believe Nubkins has something he is going to talk uh, talk us through, and I th- it ties to an org event we had this past weekend. Oh, yeah. So uh, we wanted to see how things worked doing, uh, I guess it's semi-science and semi-cargo running. But uh, we loaded up a couple cats. We made sure that uh, all the operator stations were filled, and by that I mean the top and bottom turrets. So three uh, members per cat. So we had two cats out. 
Um, <clears throat> we also brought some fighter escort. Speaking of the hurricane earlier, we had a hurricane that was uh, piloted and uh, gunned as well. The, the turret was operated. Um, we had a uh, Carrick that was also there kind of as a bullet sponge in case we encountered uh, some pirates. Um, so that thing was piloted and had only two of the turrets occupied at the time. And we also had a Cutlass Red that we were using to shuttle uh, some of the people around to do the commodity trading, the, the people who own the cats. So mm -hmm. uh, we just wanted to see how everything worked out. Uh, unfortunately, there's a couple bugs in the game here and there that uh, we've all had to deal with, despawning ships or... You know, there was a combat landing at one point where uh, the Carrick made uh, contact with the uh, Cutlass Red, and the Cutlass Red did not survive, nor did uh, all of the Caterpillar owners and anybody on board. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, how, how that was not Carrick my fault. That was Carrick. not my fault this time. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, how did the Carrick, oh, uh, not the Carrick, the cat owners perish? Um, because the cat owners were on the uh, Cutlass Red. Oh. Yeah, so we, we were planning – the Cutlass Red was a lot quicker through atmosphere, so we were planning on getting the Cutlass Red to the selling terminals before the cats landed, and then that way the owners were ready to offload the cargo and purchase new cargo. Didn't work out. <laughs> As no, no, it didn't. Well, that's what they say about best. Ooh, sorry, I'm trying to land at Lorville, and I... so even though I intentionally did not do anything for science, but accidentally, as we're speaking, I just did something. So I was just uh, mining quantanium around Aaron's halo, but I just realized I was doing it all along decoupled. So, and I was wondering, why am I keep on circling around this rock? So I have to say it worked. I didn't blow anything up, but that was very, very challenging. Mining decoupled mode and slowly drifting around this rock. So oh, I, <laughs> I don't love decoupled for anything because I fly very... Yeah, it's a I'm very, very... stiff pilot. Yep. It's a weird feeling. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, unless you're you know, doing dogfighting and you're purposely sort of you know, engaging it for a second, but staying decoupled, I, I, I don't like to fly that way either. Speaking of uh, mining stuff and for science here, uh, the, other, the other day, or I guess maybe last week, I attempted to uh, figure out if you could indeed use the uh, tractor beam on the prospector to help maneuver a rock that seemed to have uh, flipped onto its side and was wedged underneath oh. the fuel tanks on the Starfarer. And needless to say, it doesn't really work the way I was anticipating. It ripped the rock apart and killed the operator. So do oh, not the... attempt to use the tractor beam to pull vehicles around. We might need the to collection wait for the beam? SRV. Yes, the collection beam. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're going to have to wait for the SRV for that one. Yeah, I can imagine. And hopefully it's soon. It looks like we're going to be getting a model of it with IAE this year. So maybe it's sooner. Um, you know, it'll be in the hologram hall. So maybe it's uh, closer than we, than we realize. And especially if you think about it, the tractor beam, 
multi-tool is coming, you know, next patch. So, mm. you know, that might be the, the precursor to some tractor beams making their way on the ships, especially if we start to see more physicalized cargo. Yeah. Well, I know the caterpillar no. owners will be rejoicing. Oh, yeah, because then they could start to pirate their fellow star citizens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we did get a number of questions this week. We actually got a question. Believe it. Oh, sorry. I skipped a whole section. Check off. Uh, the bug of the week. Oh. What is your bug of the week this week, man? That's a good one. I was hoping you're going to skip because uh, I, I actually have to report Knock on wood that uh, I don't have one, which is a good thing. Uh, 30K is a gun. I mean, I literally mine for hours and hours on end. Uh, and and the refueling bug seems to be better. Not perfect, but better. So yeah. I have to say the refueling is still there at times. But otherwise, uh, I think it's a, I mean, from my perspective, uh, it's a pretty stable patch. You wow. know? I, I, I'm not experienced. Like, a lot of people are complaining about ships despawning. I uh, haven't had a despawn ship myself. Yeah, uh, neither have I. So, I, like I said, I'm, you know, it's pretty smooth sailing for me. Oh, you're lucky. I've suffered a few 30Ks in the last week, and I haven't really been on too much. So, they're still out there, and I've had a few ships despawn. Sometimes I like to try and get some org events going, so I'll, I'll place vehicles and ships kind of pre-staging an area. And it seems like you can only really keep out one to two ships at a time. Yeah, you... or else they start to do the cleanup. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's kind of tough. Um, yeah, I haven't experienced any real major bugs myself. Um but as I was saying before, then, we do have some questions this week. Um, interestingly enough, we got, I think, our first question, no, our second question via email. Um, and it comes to us from outside the org, which is, I think, a first, um, from someone by the name of Crusades. And he asks, uh, for the Squadron 42 singer, singer, single player game, what professions do you think will be part of the gameplay? I'm thinking it will largely be combat-related professions, both in-ship and on foot. Do you think there'll also be read-related gameplay, such as engineering, exploration, repair, salvage, or even mining? Uh, what do you think, Nubkins? I honestly believe that Squadron 42 is primarily going to be a first-person shooter in combat sim. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be touching too much on mining or exploration, any of that kind of stuff. I believe they're going to save that for the, the online portion, Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about I, you, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. You're going to bore a lot of people. Uh, I mean, this is something that, A, uh, requires a steeper learning curve, you know, a lot more time investment, you know. Uh, when I say that, that I'm meaning outside of first-person shooter or, or pure combat. So I agree with Nupkins. Yeah, I, I will say the same. I think, I think it will be a combat um, both on foot and in ship. What I would say is I do think elements from those pieces of gameplay 
will exist as part of the game. Like, for instance, if you recall the Squadron 42 vertical slice, um, in order to get to a certain part of a location that the character was at, he ended up having to pull a um, battery from a different section um, and place it into the door or whatever it was in order to access that location. And so in some ways, if you think about that, that's sort of like a little bit of a salvage kind of gameplay. You know, I think the things that will benefit those professions and that will benefit those gameplay uh, items will be part of the game. But most of those gameplay loops, I will imagine, aren't even going to be in game by the time that Squadron releases. Um, and, you know, I kind of think of... The way I think of Squadron 42 is because the character is the same person once you get into the PU, um, supposedly. And so I think of it as, hey, I'm retired from my my combat, which is one way to become a citizen in uh, the Star Citizen lore and universe because uh, we all volunteered with the UEE. And so now it's like, well, here's what I decided to do after my tour of duty. Mm -hmm. yeah, actually, that, that was a very good question. Yeah, it was a great question. But I'm sure we'll see some elements, or at least some of the things that will benefit those professions. You know, I don't think it'll be purely like a standard FPS is, uh, in the sense that, you know, I would imagine it'll be more deep. Uh, and then, um, next set of questions all come from Discord. The first one is from Admiral Cody, and he asks first to Nubkins, how do you manage your two in-game lives of being both a combat leader, oh, sorry, both a combat lander <laughs> as well as the chief of defense for an org? Well, the nice thing about those two lives, as he calls it, they go hand in hand you know sometimes if you're up against a foe that you just can't crack you crash into him and there you go you've taken one for the team and you've done your job as a, a defense personnel so yeah mm -hmm. they go hand in hand <laughs> now, keep in mind i've probably uh killed or maimed more org members than i have opponents <laughs> but you know we'll work on that ratio He's got some really good ones, too. <laughs> I think my favorite so far is when we were first mining with the mole and you were coming in to join us and I stepped away from my computer for a second and I came back and I'm like, where, what happened? And they're like, <clears throat> Nubkins. <laughs> and everyone was still giggling. Um, I'd have to say... Uh, my favorite would have been um, we were doing a rather large org event and we had a whole bunch of ships planet side and there, there was an explosion and everybody died. And for once it wasn't me. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> and so we all respawned on the station, the orbital station. And we wanted to head back down to see what the survivors were, what ships were left. And I just happened to spawn a Pisces really quickly. I'm like, oh, guys, come on, hop in. So we all pile into the back of this Pisces, and there's about eight to ten of us in this Pisces. It was pretty funny. And I lifted off vertically straight up and then stopped as I was plotting the course. Well, I didn't realize that I had stopped in the path of one of the spokes on the rings that spin around. 
So as I'm plotting the course, the spoke smacks into the Pisces and kills us all. <laughs> I did hear about that. I can't remember who told me. Um, but we did talk about it on the show um, a while back now. I think I think it was when O-Earth was on. Because it was his event, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was Cody's event. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was Cody's event. I don't know now who it was that told us. Anyway, um, and then Cody asks again to everyone, why is the Corsair so much cooler, more epicer, and more awesomer than the MSR? This question has been sponsored by Drake Interplanetary. <laughs> what do you think, Nubkins? I'd say because it's Drake. It's just got that charm. I think it's going to be... You know, everybody loves the Cutlass Black because it's so versatile and it's a good value. Um, you can do a lot of things with it. I believe the the Corsair is going to follow in the Cutlass Black's footsteps. Yeah, I feel like it's going to have the small S for science. <laughs> what about you, Chekhov? Uh, honestly, I'm not familiar with the ships, but uh, Chekhov. I, uh, I I I don't have all the ships in the game, and I focus kind of on a few. It's uh, not in game yet, right? Well, especially the ones that are not in game, so I don't look at those at all. <laughs> so, uh, for, for those of you like Chekhov who don't aren't familiar with the Corsair, the Corsair is Drake's answer to a medium-sized um, science exploration vessel. Um, it's bare bones, so there's no med bed to be found. Um, but it's a really cool looking ship. It has this like, um, you know, it's it's um, what you call it. It's not symmetrical, and it has like two wings on one side, one wing on the other side. It can fit a rover or cargo, not both. Um, but it is it's cool looking, and it has complement for I believe four crew and it has these two side turrets as well as a bunch of forward facing turrets so it's exploring in harsh conditions i could see that puppy flying around in um pyro a lot whether you're trying to explore and you're weary of aggressors or you are aggressors trying to find targets (laughs) um i think it's cool i think personally i like the drake style guide from a you know, it's really cool and it evokes a feeling, but I think I like Crusader's actual style better. I prefer cleaner, um, more modern looking, less um, less analog looking, which the Drake ships sort of have an analog look to them. Yeah. But it'll be a cool ship. I'll probably end up picking one up in game. I used it's to have fun. one. It's funny that you say that, like, I really like the Buccaneer. In other words, the the way it's equipped and, and the capabilities, but I just don't like the Drake look that much. Yeah, it, it depends on you know if you like it or not. I I love Anvil's look. I love. I think Aegis has a great look. Yeah. Um, you know, Origin's great. Maybe a little too sparse at some points. Um, Crusader looks to be really nice. So we'll see. Um, next set of questions all come from Techno. 
and they're almost all for you, Nubkins, and they're all sort of they're all sort of funny. Um, how do you relate to turkeys? Um, <laughs> I think I'm guessing your language, right? This. You got three. Yeah, he's saying this because every now and then I'll come in when it, there's a lot of people in the chat, and there's a lot of conversation going on, and I'll just make a turkey noise just to announce myself and. So how give am I related? A, give us an example. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go, Techno. That one's for you. Um, uh, second question. What's Canada? Oh, no. Not what's Canada. That's a dumb question. What's Canada like? And how many turkeys does it have? Mm. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, there's lots of turkeys up here, I'm assuming. Um, I've only ever seen maybe one or two, but they weren't wild. Uh, otherwise, Canada's a pretty good place to be. You know, it, it's very so similar to to the States. Um, we no, get no. a lot of influence from you guys, so it's influenced our culture. And Now, can I piggyback just... on that question? How many provinces are there in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I believe there are 10 provinces. I thought it was 11. Oh, there could be. It's been a while. <laughs> I thought you said how many problems. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, there are no problems in Canada. Yeah. We only have problems are you guys here. just all happy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're pretty happy. <laughs> um, next question. And I think you'll see a theme here. <clears throat> if Tim Horton was a ship manufacturer and had a spot in Star Citizen lore, what would their story be like? And what kind of ships and or vehicles would they have? <laughs> I think they'd have uh, close ties to Consolidated Outland because you know once the uh, once the settlements get made, they're going to be popping up those Tim Hortons left, right, and center in those settlements. I love Tim Hortons; it's great. <laughs> I wish there were more in the states. Yeah, I, I have a Tim Horton story. I didn't know Tim Horton what Tim Horton was until I made it to Tremblant, Mount Tremblant. That was oh, yeah? my first try of Tim Horton in Canada, yeah. <laughs> and I do have good to story. admit it was very good. <laughs> that was very dramatic, Chekhov. <laughs> um, another question for you, Nubkins. If you could be a turkey, what kind of turkey would you be? <laughs> I would be a very big turkey. Shadow. Shh. Sorry about that. I'd be a turkey that would lay the smack down on my dog. <laughs> Turkosaurus Rex. And, yeah. and uh, Napkins, I do stand corrected. You're right. There are 10 provinces. Ah, I knew I was right. You had my me goodness. doubting myself, though. It's been quite a while. We used to have only uh, two territories, but that's split. Uh, last but not least, and this is for all of us, although it does seem Nubkins inspired. Um, but it's a serious question. Uh, oh. Will you purchasing or melting to purchase any ships during the IAE this November? Oh, that is a good question. Well, I'm notorious for purchasing and melting ships. Um, so I have probably almost every ship in buyback except for a couple. So I wouldn't mind getting my hands on a javelin, whether or not I'm going to keep it, but at least I'll have it in buyback and perhaps a Kraken. Um, Wow. Yeah, that's about it. 
What about you, Chekhov? You plan on renting um, or buying? As I said before, I, I was looking for a heavy fighter. That's what I'm interested in. Not sure fighter. which one yet. Um, I was going to say, is there anything jumping out to you? You know, I think, I don't know. What do you think, Chekhov? Uh, Chekhov. What do you think, Nubkins? Do you think uh, Vanguard is the, the best yeah. of class for heavy fighter right now? For right now, yeah, it can take a punishment. Like, take a beating. It can dish it out decently. It's not obviously the most powerful hitting ship out there, but couple that with the ability to take some hits, and it's it's a really strong fighter. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. well-rounded. And it's highly, it's relatively maneuverable for a big ship. Yeah, and then you throw somebody in, in the turret, and right. you're good to go. That, that's my number yeah. one choice right now, I would say. Personally, I have a soft spot for um, Crusader ships, so I'm really looking forward to the Ares. Oh yeah, that's the Ion and the Inferno. That's going to be really cool. They did. They have an infomercial for that in the IAE, from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, talking about the the cannon and how it's bespoke to the ship. Um, I am trying to avoid buying any ship. <laughs> Outside of game. Bless you. No. <laughs> it sounded like a violent sneeze. <laughs> um, that was the dog again. I know. I know. Um, that being said, if the Nomad is a refining ship and it is as cheap as they say it's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if that makes its way into my hangar. Maybe even I might, if I'm going to melt anything, it might be the G12 rover because. I don't. I bought that on an impulse for sure. <laughs> as far as I know, it's not going to be super utilitarian. So I kind so you're, of you're pretty happy with your your fleet layout then. Yeah, for now. I mean, most of mine are industry ships. We have a lot of crossover, actually. I think Nubkins, um, in terms of some of the ships that we have. But you know, the, I only have a few more that I'm waiting on. I have. The, the few that I'm waiting on, besides the Star Runner, which is right around the bend, I have the Vulture. Oh, nice. Um, the uh, Crucible and the Orion. Oh, the Orion's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that be one a money maker. Really cool. Yeah, hopefully. I think it will be. So, you know, and then that's on top of like the Carrick and I have a couple other things, but for the most part, I don't have that many ships. Um, and I kind of like it that way. Cause I, as you know, I pretty much almost only fly my Carrick and when I'm not flying my Carrick, I'm flying my Cutlass. Yeah. But I bet the star runner might, I'll probably, that'll probably take the place of my Cutlass for a while. Um, awesome. So those are all the questions that we have for this week. Um, if you do want to submit questions once again, or as always, I guess I should say, cause it's not once again, this episode, um, you can do so by emailing us at readcast. That's R E E R E E D C A S T S C at gmail.com. Uh, you can also submit a message through anchor. Um, so that's anchor.fm slash readcast or on our Readcast Discord. Uh, links for all of those are in the show notes. 
Uh, and don't forget, if you are at a point where you're trying to find a group of great people to explore the verse with, um, check out Reed. We're a respectful, law-buying org. Uh, Reed stands for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. Uh, also, if you want to check out any other Reed content creators, don't forget to watch O-Earth, um, also actually known as Earth, uh, as well as Netsmage on YouTube, or you can listen to the wonderful music created by Admiral Cody and Calibri. Um, links for their content is also found in the show notes. Uh, but that wraps up another episode of Readcast. Nubkins, thank you so much for being a part of the episode tonight. We really appreciate it. Oh, yep, thanks for thanks, it was fun. Yeah, it was great having you, especially to get your Canadian perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds eerily similar to our perspective. <laughs> what <Yeah>. about that? <laughs> um, and thank you, listening uh, fellow citizens. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.